0: So an episode on health and the hobby is something that um, myself and Dan have been wanting to do for a wee while. I wonder if the listeners are rolling their eyes here or not, but stick with us. Give us a wee shot here because um, there's a couple of reasons for doing an episode like this. Um, a big reason is this this is a, a sedentary hobby. Um I think we can often, in certain circles, glorify the convenience of things like fast foods. Um, and we've probably never moved less in all of human history because of the whole like global situation, homeworking and stuff like that. And another um, another big thing, I think, is that it's that time of year, time of recording, we're in January, where people do tend to reevaluate their their health, both physical and mental. So maybe time to take some stock of that as we talk through this episode. So how, how are you doing today, Dan?
1: Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's nice to talk to you as ever. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling really good.
0: Yeah. So uh, any introductory thoughts on the, the episode we're about to dive into?
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that I'm really interested in, uh, in my profession. I'm involved in, in physical and health education. And it's something that um, I just feel is, is is a modern problem for each and every single one of us, really. Um um we both of us have played a lot of sports as kids and I think growing up we get taught a lot of bad habits in terms of diet and exercise uh, and we can kind of get away with them when we're younger and I think as as, as this is my own personal journey as i kind of got older it's like kind of caught me a little bit more and it's become a little bit harder to do things that I had done previously uh, and it was a little bit harder to kind of look how I wanted to look and different things like that so it's something that I've done a lot of research into into it and a lot of practice and a lot of experiments personally so it's, it's an area that I really enjoy finding out more about uh, and it's an area that I'm deeply interested in and it, you, you kind of touched on it as being a modern problem it, it's a modern problem and whatever we're doing right now in general as a group of human beings in the air uh, quotation mark civilized world right. it's, it's not it's not working is it? All you need to do is just go and look around your neighborhood and go and look around, you know, the local supermarket and whatever it is that we're doing as a group of people, whichever direction we're being led as as a group of of people, it's just not working out. You know, you just need to look at obesity levels. You need to look at levels of uh, physical activity. You need to look at levels of heart disease, you know, and and all these uh, avoidable illnesses that people get uh that we're not avoiding <laughs> we're simply not yeah. avoiding them so it's it's something that that we need to 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 look at and we need to give ourselves a wake-up call and i think you're going to go on to say that you know both of, neither of us are health professionals this is just stuff that we talk about from our personal experience and um it's something that we're managing as two two people two just individuals that we're kind of you know not even claiming to be you know uh, uh, enlightened or anything like that it's just it's just something that we're taking very seriously and i think all of us you know need to need to take it incredibly seriously
0: yeah definitely i did hear a, um, a fact recently um don't quote me on it but you could maybe look it up for yourselves it was something along the lines of weird that it's going to be the first sort of generation of people to have a shorter life expectancy than the the generation before us which is You know, pretty worrying Um, with the way technology is and the way society is. We should be getting better at this. Um, But yeah, the CDC stats are there for all to see, you know, heart disease, the top rated killer in the world. So I think um, in our wee corner of the universe in this hobby, it's a duty of care for us to to kind of look out for each other and make sure that um, we're happy and healthy enough to properly enjoy what we're doing. So sure. it's really, it's
1: really hard as well, because there's so many different people and organizations which are trying to lead us in directions that are not good for us. You know, we're going to go into detail and talk about different foods later on. You just take like Coke, for example, Coke likes rubbish. It's like, just not, it's not good. And don't get me wrong. And I'm not going to say that we should all live like monks and, you know, only, only, you know, drink, you know natural spring water all of the time you know don't get me wrong like i like having a coke from time to time but it's it's not good for us at all uh, and the problem is it's just it's just in our faces all the time isn't it and it's uh it's just very very hard to to avoid there's like temptation around every corner with the technolo- uh, technology we have and the advertising we see in tv and just walking down the street it's uh, it's, it's very very difficult to to make good choices
0: Aye, so I, I suppose one of the sort of elephants in the room we need to deal with before diving in is just that the, the listener might rightly be thinking like, you know, if I want to learn or not learn about all this, if I want to start thinking about all this stuff, why would I listen to you two on a tabletop miniature hobby podcast? I could go and find an actual <laughs> health podcast instead. So what would your sort of response be to that, Dan?
1: I've, I've done a lot of research on this. I say I say research, I say research that sounds very, very, you know, like official I, I've I've read a number of books and lots of different articles online and physical in different journals. Uh, watched a lot of YouTube videos from from credible sources uh, or per, uh, perceived credible sources, um, and you know it's it's about the hobby. So so you, you know you're going to be sitting at your hobby table or you've got a passive interest in that in the hobby. So you kind of if, if you paint and whilst you listen to it, you can listen to it. And I think that, the key to this is that. Um, Were two normal people Uh, when I first started doing research into stuff, especially some YouTube videos. A lot of the things that people are doing are pretty out there and and are pretty extreme. And there's a lot of pictures of like fellas with like six packs. That I know you particularly like, you wouldn't mind that necessarily, but it's like a lot of extreme things. It's like, do, you know, do this every single day. And it's like a really difficult challenge. So I think just me and you talking about it in terms of anecdotal things that we've done as part of our normal life, as normal human beings. I think, I think that's, that's a big thing, isn't it? Where it's just two normal people or, you know, again, you know, fairly normal talking about, about <laughs> stuff that they've done. Yeah. That, that's why. Yeah, I exactly.
0: You know, we, we, we sit and paint our miniatures. We, we like a game. We like a beer. We like a curry, you know, and we like a bit yeah. of chocolate. So it's this isn't um, the, the the ripped muscular. I mean, maybe you are Dan. I'm certainly not the <laughs> the, the front cover of Men's Health preaching you, to, you know, this uh, go on this water diet or go on this lettuce diet. So that that that's totally not this. Um, I'm the same, Dan. I've I've over the past five years done a lot of research purely from a personal point of view. You know, it started out. I wanted to. I wanted to investigate why I had such bad acid reflux. Like, it was really bad. You know, I was on medication. Okay. I wanted to find out why my sleep was so poor. Um, I wanted to get to the bottom of all these things. And it was a very, very gradual process. You know, I found this one wee thing and it it led to this. So the, the, I think you've got down here about silver bullets. There wasn't a one simple trick I found for any of this. It was very, you know, gradual improvements, then big improvements with certain things. But it's building up this vast uh, sort of matrix of different things that you're doing and eventually y- you can get to a better place, I would say.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's trying lots of different stuff. Um, it's, it's the things that I've tried to do, I, don't, I guess this is being really tight with my money, but it's like all, all the stuff I'm doing, mm-hmm. they tend to actually save me money overall as opposed to having pain for things you know this i remember this was years and years ago A mate was talking about like the, the atkins diet if that was one of like the first things i became aware of in terms of fad diets and things like that and he's like oh it's brilliant you do this thing you send off 50 quid did you get this book and you get these little things that you piss on and it tells you whether you're in this state or not and it's just like again it's like a lot with making healthy choices about food and drinks and things like that there's a lot of people that want to sell you that silver bullet they say just give us 50 quid and you get this and then you'll just you'll just be like this guy with a six-pack on the front of this magazine it's like it's not it's not like that we keep on getting sold these visions and images of things that are either like unattainable or very very difficult to attain and I, I, so all of this stuff that we're going to talk about from my perspective, anyway, just come from trial and error, and you know, just doing different things like that, and and discipline. Really, you know, a lot of us will appreciate that in terms of painting. You know, you're at your hobby desk. And you've got the discipline to sit there you know you've got your discipline to to paint on a regular basis you've got your discipline to to push the model to a higher level you know to persevere if you paint an eyes for example you've got that discipline to get try and then fail and then you know keep on thing and so so a lot of it comes back to that really and it's it's about not being a boring bastard you mentioned there about liking a beer and liking a curry i'm the same you know i, I won't lie i just had pizza for me tea you know so i just had a pe- uh, pizza for me tea which is which was you know super tasty and it's about balancing that discipline with without being too much of a boring bastard you know
0: yeah exactly a mate of mine gave a great analogy once you know we were talking about just generally eating better and and trying to live better but without depriving yourself of things and and he, he compared it to a football team over the course of a season he said like if a team wins most of their matches they'll do well in the league um and I just consider that, you know, on my average Tuesday, you know, I'm i behaving myself. Yeah, I am. But you know, if it comes to a Saturday um and there's the opportunity to go out for a curry in a few beers, then why not? You know, I'm winning most of my yeah. matches. So that's the way yeah. I see it. That's
1: a, Yeah, that's a that's a great analogy and it's and it's it's all the things that I do are during my normal working week. Um I won't say I like live for the weekend. And I don't kick the ass out of it too much when I when it is on a weekend. But yeah, I'm, and it's trying to fit things in around your normal life and your normal routine. And, you know, if you have these crazy fad diets, like, you know, just eating nothing but like cabbage soup, you know, is, is that what you're really normally going to do um, mm-hmm. anyway? And it, it is, I think, ultimately does come down to... Um, you know, if you're looking to shift some weight or generally be healthier, it's generally being a little bit more active and, and, and consuming a little bit less in general. It's not that simple, but in general, it kind of comes back to that. Like you, like you mentioned there, it's, it's little things often. Uh, I've got quite a few friends uh, in America who have just simply stopped drinking uh, like soda pop, and mm-hmm. they, they've they seen a massive difference in lots of different areas just just doing that. You know, just going to, even if they needed that that fizz, having like some carbonated water water. Um, and and that just that simple thing. It's not about doing one thing, one massive thing for one week. It's about doing maybe four small things over the course of an entire year. Uh, and, and then going back to that discipline thing and patience to see see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. So with that introduction in mind, I suppose a good place to start is something that definitely is something that, um, definitely is, is something that um, most of us would consider, first and foremost, the exercise movement side of things, particularly the postures that we're in when we're painting. I know there's, I think there's masses of um, videos on YouTube about, you know, getting this posture, getting that posture. The bottom line is, as far as I could see, a poor posture when you're painting is unavoidable, and it's not really about whatever posture you use. I think it's more about just being aware that you should um, get up and move a bit. You know, have a bit more movement. And when you get in that posture, just try and not sit there for like three hours or or whatever. Don't know what your opinion on that is, Dan.
1: Yeah, I've I th- th- yeah, I think you know sit- sitting down in general is is not a natural state for us really you know what i mean in in general we're kind of meant to be stood up or or lying down so it's very very difficult in terms of you know maintaining positive good posture when you when you're sitting down and especially at the painting desk you want to be you you kind of tend to be slumped over your (laughs) over your mini Uh, i've i've got um a, a hobby lamp with a really long arm that kind of comes right the way from my back of my desk right the way to the front and I try and sit back in my chair but yeah it's hard to get that posture that's good posture and I think the key is not staying in one place for time and it's like maybe doing 30 minutes standing up walking around doing something else and then coming back to it. I think it's that period of time really for, for you for your posture and things like that and and there's little things as well it's like it's not necessarily a groundbreaking thing but i've got like really hard skin on my elbows you know you sit on your chair and you're bracing your elbows on your table mm. or the arms of your, of your chair and like after that it's like i have to put like moisturizer on my elbows and things like that so like sandpaper on my elbows sometimes but would you say that you are aware of your posture when you're painting especially when you get into flow state or is it something you need to just remind yourself of every so often
0: yeah like i'm uh, i'm mainly standing when i paint i think this is i I don't think this is particularly usual because i've got a standing desk yeah (laughs) i just had (laughs) had to sell them for firewood um (laughs) but uh yeah i've got a standing desk so i'm mainly standing but that's not you know it's standing I think there's almost a cult around the, the standing desk in certain circles because standing all day is not good for you either. Like sitting's no. not good for you. But it's about mixing up. It's about movement. And and you know I get sore neck and shoulders when I'm standing because I am still hunched. I don't think there I don't think there's there's a way to be in any one position for long and it to be good for you.
1: So, my um my- my I wanna say stepbrother, but it's not stepbrother. My brother-in-law, brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, he's a jeweler and he fixes watches, right? And in his workshop, he's got a he's got a desk which is like if you were to put your elbows in line with your shoulders, he's got a I guess shoulder height. <laughs> he's got he's got a desk which is like shoulder shoulder height, right? And he's got like a bar stool that he sits on. And then he puts his elbows at his shoulder height and then raises them so his so his hands are in front of his face and when he's sitting at his working desk his back's quite straight he's not hunched over so I don't think I would go that far in my current position and my hobby state it's just not mm-hmm. permanent enough to do that but I think if I eventually did get a forever home and decide not to not to be moving around the world as I do I think I would do that because he's a jeweler all day every day and he's in that position for a long time and i think think he's he's onto something with that and obviously it's something that he's picked up from other people that are in that profession so yeah that seems to be good for him
0: yeah i think um that's the key F- find a position that works for you and just try and try and move a bit um whether that's setting a timer on your phone or whatever you know um i did uh, <laughs> i've got a pull up bar and there, there was a time i was like going to go and try and do 20 pull-ups and then I came back to the painting <laughs> desk I'd kicked the arse out of it so much my hands were trembling so I couldn't uh, <laughs> paint anymore <laughs>
1: um, yeah yeah that, that kind of it's skipping ahead a little bit of exercise movement but one of the biggest things that that I always try and do I call them little wins right just finding little wins like anywhere that you can so there's times where I don't do it religiously I don't do it all the time but if, I, if I'm doing like a decent painting session like, like you mentioned about being sedentary right so so I have I have a Fitbit. Uh, but I it's like a wrist smartwatch called a Fitbit. And, um, I clock, clock my steps and all sorts of data that I clock like during my working week. So every single day I, I try and get over 10,000 steps. And that's, that's pretty easy for the with the job that I do. I'm regularly kind of knock on my door, like 15, 20, 25,000. And, uh, but I've noticed that at the weekend it drops significantly. And the days where I'm, I, I do like say four hours painting, I, I might only do like 2000 steps in that, in that one day and so I have mm-hmm. to make I have to make serious allowances to to try and get up to to 10,000 steps a day or to do more exercise because it also clocks you like your activity minutes which is where your heart is it, heart rate is over a certain amount um, so like yeah maybe not 20 pull-ups but like you know just doing just doing 10 sit-ups or doing 10 push-ups, or just doing like, you know, maybe like 15 squats or something like that. You know, just, just getting those little wins in. Because it's, it's about like changing your perception about exercise. I think a lot of us have got a negative uh, background and a negative experience of, of exercise. And you think that all exercise is like sport and it's like all jocks and meatheads, knuckleheads, all that kind of stuff. But it's, I think it's changing changing that idea of what exercise is. And, and if you think about painting and posture, you know, just just lying on the floor for five minutes and then just just cranking out like maybe 20 20 sit-ups i remember always remember laughing like you know when you back in the day when i used to play video games quite a lot there's always like um a little little disclaimer thing or a little like reminder it was like you know don't play this too long like you know after after like two hours go and do some exercise you remember those little things that are yeah. there? like yeah. don't take a break and i think it was actually the we used to say if it, say after a while didn't it didn't it used to have a prompt saying like you know do you want to keep on playing? Maybe you should go and do some exercise outside or something like that. So it's like if you're painting for a long time, it's really not that hard to just do ten push-ups. Mm-hmm. And if you paint, if you do, if you do ten push-ups every hour, you're painting for four hours. You know that's forty push-ups. That, that's no mean thing. So yeah, finding opportunities to do a little bit of exercise, just when you're sitting at your painting desk or just around your painting desk, might be a good one, right?
0: that's a good segue too because there, there's a, a big issue um that humans in general have this is not just pertaining to exercise we always seem to want to make things that we do an hour or two hours or that and exercise is as this you know it suffers from this so if i say to somebody who doesn't really exercise you know you should go and exercise in their head they're like right i need an hour and i, I don't know why that is it's just so ingrained in their culture but they they would imagine okay what i'm going to do i'm going to go out and jog for an hour and to most people i know some people like that but to most people that's just a hellish thought you know slogging it out for an hour mm. on yeah. and um, then that the high intensity interval training i think you're a fan of this as well dan and you know when you begin to look into this it's just again we've talked about there's no silver bullets and stuff like that but there is a study i'll link to in the the show notes and you can pretty much get the benefit of an hour of jogging for it's something like six minutes or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, just bang, 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 bang. So, um, this is something that we could use if we're really short on time or just don't want to spend loads of time exercising. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's difficult because I, I've probably done high end interval, interval training seriously over the last two years, probably 16 months out of the last two years. I've, I've seriously been doing high intensity interval training. So there's, there's a, a group called PX 90 Uh there's an insanity training, which is quite quite a famous one. And you can, you can, you can type in on YouTube, like high, high intensity interval training and you can come up with other things. It's really hard. Like, like I won't lie. It's, it's really difficult. And it's probably not something like if you take insanity training, it's probably not something that you can just jump into straight away. I haven't, haven't done no, not a lot of serious exercise previously um and there's there's lots of different ways to look at look at stuff and it depends on what you're trying to do um but you do you you blow out your ass doing high intensive interval interval training it's very difficult and from my experience anyway you have to be very very dedicated to keep it going now you're you're generally a pretty fit guy right tell, tell us what just tell us what like generally you do as part of your. Normal life in terms of normal week like what what amount of time and what what intensity activities do you do at the moment
0: yeah so my hat, like the minimum effective dose that i've i've read about over the years um that i'll do in a push is just um it's t- i think it's 20 seconds flat out sprints on the spot uh 10 seconds rest 20 seconds flat out 10 seconds rest 20 seconds flat out um and try and do those rests lying on your back so that's a minute of exercise um and again, I'd need to look out the studies, but there's there's good evidence to suggest that that is pretty much the same for your heart and your cardio as an hour of jogging. So if you can get that in in a minute, sounds too good to be true, but you know, um, no, yeah,
1: it's about how you want to attack it, and it comes back to discipline, doesn't it? I mean, I I did I did insanity training every day for about ninety days, and and it it was very very tough, and, that, and that's about forty minutes. Um, but but going for a walk. You know, uh, there's there's lots of different, and this is where it becomes difficult because there's lots of different people saying lots of different things, and and the the general term, the general idea about the high-intensity interval training is, you've, you've got this substance in your body that your muscles need to function called glycogen right and that's like the kind of stored state of glucose and glucose is what you need what your cells need to exist right and so the whole idea between between uh, the whole idea behind high intensity interval training is you burn off all the glycogen which is stored in the muscles and all the glycogen or as much glycogen as you can get that's burned that's stored in your liver so that your body has to work really hard to replace that before you train again so it's it's a little bit like kind of, you know, petrol in your in your car tank. So instead of driving, you know, thirty miles per hour to Asda and back, as a supermarket for people that live in <laughs> live anywhere else other than England or U- the UK, it, instead of driving thirty miles per hour, you're you driving ninety miles per hour. So you get in there a lot quicker, but you're burning off a lot more fuel, which is actually a positive thing on both counts for your exercise because you you have you exercise a lot less, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, and there's, there's the 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 lymphatic system too. Again, this is all just my personal understanding of it, so please don't take anything I say as gospel. Look up for yourself. But your lymphatic yeah. system, which you know is is so important to your immune function, if you're not moving, it's not moving. That's the bottom line. So um, yeah, you know, even if you're just going for a walk, you're you're doing so much for yourself that um, could be could be pivotal to your health.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't said that like. I I really enjoy high intensity interval training. Like I won't lie, it, it's really good. It's really fulfilling. It's really empowering. It you it's it's tough, but that that is part of it in itself. You know the fact that it's hard and you manage to do it and you mm-hmm. managed to achieve it. And, and once you've had a shower and and all that kind of stuff, you know it, it's it's a good feeling, isn't it? But it, I, I would say it takes a lot of dedication, and I would say that it's it's. It's maybe not something you would jump into right away, especially if you're not exercising regularly. I would say it's something to probably do if, you, if you've if you got a medium level of fitness anyway, like a, a decent level of fitness anyway to, to go into. Um, but I'd, I'd say if you haven't exercised for a, for a long time, maybe years, like serious exercise, it's maybe something you need to build up to, which is maybe like you're saying about that, you know, quick 60 seconds of stuff.
0: Yeah, I you know, um, would start there. I mean, forty minutes, yeah. to my understanding, is pretty extreme, like for hit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Charlotte, my wife, she does this guy. What's he called? Guy with big floppy ear. Wet. Uh, yes. Yeah. Joe Wicks. Yeah. Uh, he he does he does the different things, and he has different levels. And I think that's the same. I think it's twenty seconds of activity, and then and then ten seconds, um, you know, relaxing. No, not really say relaxing. Could actually could actually
0: catch, be catch thirty. The- could actually be 30 that you get a wee rest i'd have to look that up but yeah 20 rest 20 rest 20 rest, just flat out you know one minute's work who can't do that um so again uh, i'm not responsible if anyone does keel over have <laughs> a heart attack but uh, um yeah and it's uh, like you say start small you know if, if you if you come out the gate with this grand plan you know i'm going to do all this each day you might you might last three or four days, but you know what? The first day that you can't be arsed doing it, that's it, you know? you've fallen off the yeah. wagon and, and you'll I just think, be more yeah, down.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we've got to kind of address like, before we go much further. is like, why, why, why are we doing this, right? So it's like, if, you, if, you, if you're overweight, you, you need to do something about that, right? And, and so how do you define that? There's a couple of things that you can, you can look at. You can look at your BMI, which is uh, like an equation you do between your height and your weight. And that's not, not, not exactly gospel truth, but it gives you a little bit of an idea about where you are. And another one, which is a main one, which is your waist size sh- should not be more than half your height. So if you were to measure yourself in centimeters uh, and then you measure your waist in centimeters, your waist size should not be more than half your height. And, and that, that comes from data, that comes from research where, you know, people um, that get certain diseases, certain cancer, cancers, certain illnesses, it comes from having that waist size, which is more than half your height. Um, so it's about it's about having data, uh, data that will show you different things. And I think what we do, and I don't know if this is a male thing or whether it's just like a modern thing that we do, but we tend to ignore stuff quite a lot. And we need to like stop ignoring those things. So there's times where I've kind of, you know, you, you see – something or you hear something and you kind of think well it doesn't apply to me uh that's not going to happen to me but you know what they all always do it does it does come around um there's quite a famous quote from from a guy who was in warsaw i believe during the second world war and he, he's talking about the the germans coming or the nazi party coming it's like they came for this set of people uh, and i didn't say anything because it wasn't me and then they came for this set of people and i didn't say anything they came for this set of people and i didn't i didn't say anything and then they came for me and there was no one to say anything. Does that kind of make sense? And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like if if someone's listening to this, like um, it's really important to know that this does pertain to you because you know you you're probably you're probably white, <laughs> you're probably over thirty, you're probably overweight, and that's just talking statistically. You know, you're probably these things. Um, and it's really important that you understand that this is all a, a problem for all of us that be, needs to be addressed. You need to wake up and smell that. And so the BMI is one thing. You can find that out online. You can type in like what kind of BMI you just put your height in, you put your weight in. and uh, That's not an exact science, but it does give you a general overview. And then the second thing is, is, is measure your height and then measure your waist size. And your waist size is, you know, about a couple of inches above your, your hip. So you find your hip joint, your hip kind of uh, bone, and then go a couple of centimetres, a couple of inches above that. That's your waist, kind of just underneath your belly button, really. Um, and your waist size should not be more than half your height. So, you know, and what, what we're trying to do is is obviously talk about things that have worked for us, things that we do to try and kind of make sure that we're being fitter and healthier and you know because as you get older it gets more important right you know I remember being like 15 and going for, my, for a jog with my dad and um, my dad would be blowing a little bit and I'd be like chuckling and running around him and different things like that and I'd be like oh, come on come on dad hurry up. and he'd be like oh this will come to you one day and I was like oh, yeah yeah whatever whatever but as <laughs> I've kind of like got through got through 30 and then got through 35, you start to be a lot more important. And especially when you've got kids or family and things like that, you know, you want to be sticking around for, for as long as you can really. And you want to make sure that the quality of life that you have is, is as high as possible so you're getting that good quality experience that, that you can do. And, um, and just because you might be slim or appear to be slim or you're, you're slimmer than you may, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're okay because it's, it's possible to appear to be fit and healthy, but actually not be. And mm-hmm. we're talking about exercise and movement right now. And there's, there's lots of different things that you can do. There's lots of different things that you can do, different reasons. Um, and, but diet is also a massive part of it. And it's about things that you can fit into your normal day, normal daily activities that become a new normal. So so the high intensity interval training is something that I personally really, really enjoy. It's hard on joints, like, you know, my knees I've had to give it a rest recently because it's, it's really hard on my knees. So some of the exercise they do is really hard on your knees. And so it's like, it's not saying you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It's, it's not a case of that. But high, high intensity interval training, is, it's a, as you mentioned, it's it's a way to get a, a really good level of exercise in a, in a massively condensed space. You mentioned mm-hmm. that you can do, do this small amount of time and it's got the same residual effect as an hour of jogging. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's a way that you can you can fit it in. If, if time is a problem, you like, oh, I ain't got time to do that. Well, you can do it. You can do this very short thing. And it is very intense. That's what we call high intensity. It's very, very intense. And if you can handle that, you can get a, a big workout in a very small period of time.
0: Let's touch on uh, muscle because I think muscle, it can get a, a bad rap because people see it as a very aesthetic thing. Um, we, t- we laughed at the men's health cover. But muscle is... You know, even if you're not interested in being arnie or anything like that, it's really important for a couple of reasons. Like carrying a bit of muscle, the more muscle you carry, the more fat you're burning because muscle is, I've heard it described as very expensive on the body. And it's also really important for your longevity. Again, Dan, you talked about, you know, why wouldn't you want to live longer with your your kids and stuff like that? So um, muscle, I think we need to get past this thing. You know, I, I don't want to look like a bodybuilder because that's totally not the point of it for most people.
1: No. And, and again, it's, it's where it becomes complicated because I think there's a perception of what we think muscle is. And there's also like, you know, the front of magazines and movies and TV it's, it, it's this unrealistic view about what humans should potentially be. And we're stuck in this really difficult place because it's like you're looking at like, you know, Captain America sitting on your sofa eating pot popcorn and crisps and nachos (laughs) shit like that when in reality that guy doesn't go anywhere near them and he's having to work his ass off just to just to be in that position so like we're stuck in this place where it's like this is considered to be the ideal and we're nowhere near that and and to be like that you've got you've got it takes a significant amount of sacrifice and time and dedication to do it so so muscle is is great in many ways you know as you get older and you start thinking about you know osteoporosis and, and things like that you know when you get to a certain age calcium starts leaving your bones whereas previously when you've been younger younger calcium is going into your bones to make them stronger at some a certain time and this is worse with women than it is with men calcium starts leaving your, your, your bones and you start bones become um you know more brittle and they break easier uh, and so if you've got a good level of muscle mass if you were to jump off a step for example uh, if you've got a good level of muscle mass the muscle will protect the joints because the muscle will take a, a lot of that, that shock absorbency. Uh, and so your muscle, your bones will be, be protected more. So doing weight bearing activities, uh, the older you get is, is really vital really to, to maintain, you know, good muscular strength uh, so that you're able to like, just deal with stuff. You always hear it. Then you like old people. I always, I always, it's like a, I always think it's like an up north thing is you go, Oh, how's, how's Ethel? Oh, she's no, she's no good. She, she had a fall. Yeah, had a yeah, fall, had a <laughs> like fall all instead of fell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had a fall. she's had a fall she's broken a hip and it's like yeah it's part of it because you do weight bearing activities which keeps you your bones strong moving forward so it's not just a case of like looking like this fella off a, of a tv show it's it's good for like you know just maintaining that quality of life to make sure that your bones are strong and and that those bones are protected and things like that or if something hits you if something hits you on the leg you know if you've got a decent amount of muscle you know the muscle can absorb the shock of that without it getting straight to your bone if that kind of makes sense and mm-hmm. and then the other part of muscle is is this term? Um, people say metabolism like it's uh, it's something that that you can change very very easily. But we all have this thing. It's called a basal metabolic rate. So, a basal metabolic rate is basically how many calories that you need each day to keep that amount of, the amount of body tissue alive. So, <clears throat> so if, right, the general mooted thing is is 2,000 calories, right? If you look on the back of any bag of crisps or anything like that, it usually says like a 2,000-calorie diet, and that, that's misleading. Paul we'll guess we will to kind of get that later when we start talking about food. But you, all of us have got a basal metabolic rate, and that basal mat- metabolic rate could be radically different. So if you have a higher mu- muscle mass, you have more, more living tissue, that living tissue needs to survive. And so in order for that living tissue to survive, it needs a certain amount of calories in order to survive. But it's not an exact science that you can't say that if I have got uh, my basal metabolic rate, it it requires three and a half thousand calories per day. You don't necessarily need to consume three and a half thousand calories per day to keep that muscle mass because you've got a whole bunch of stored energy and fat reserves. And also your body works in in different ways. So it, it might start destroying that muscle mass if it doesn't think that it can spend the, the energy from the fat reserves, it gets very complicated very quickly. But I guess we'll talk about a little bit more about that later. But yeah, I think doing, doing weight exercises or just weight-bearing exercises, things that really – it's really important. You don't necessarily need to go to a gym um you know all the high intensity infiltrating stuff that i do is is using your own body weight as resistance a lot of squats a lot of jumps a lot of different things you can use your own body weight and and again this kind of comes back to this idea that you don't need to go out and buy xyz you know your own body weight is a great thing that you can use to 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 work and create resistance for yourself to to be able to do weights because your body effectively is its own weight um but i think it's really important do you so do you do weight training is that something that you do
0: yeah, I mean, I've um, it's a lot, a lot of body weights, you know, pull up, pull ups, push ups, stuff like that, you know. Um, not, I, I don't have any sophisticated equipment or that, and I don't spend a lot of time on it, you know, no more than ten, fifteen minutes a day. So, um, just trying to keep myself moving uh, as much as possible.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I do, I do bits and pieces. I, I get really bored in a gym. I don't like going to the gym i've never liked going to the gym
0: aye, um, I've, i have i don't think I, I must have been to one maybe once in my life so it's not something i do gyms
1: got thrown out for hanging around the changing room eh? yeah, i was
0: i was just just completely naked
1: <laughs> it's just just in the way yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah aye, at no. the vending <laughs> machine <Yeah. laughs>
1: Um, But yeah, I mean, but if it works for you, and that's that's the thing we'll talk about more and more as it kind of comes, especially as you kind of go through and come to the end, it's about finding something that works for you. Like uh, I've got friends who really enjoy weight training. Uh, They really enjoy going to the gym. They really enjoy tracking the gains and all that kind of stuff. They really enjoy that. But I think in terms of having a decent level of muscle mass, there's, there's two points that I've covered already is that kind of the weight bearing activity, which keeps your muscular strength high uh, and it kind of helps protect your your skeletal system and um, but then also you know that if, if you're looking to lose weight for example people say to build muscle mass because you are expending more calories just surviving um you know but but it's it's not simple and that's mm-hmm. the thing with all mm-hmm. of these things is that it's 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 not simple it's not a case of like just do what this guy on the internet tells you and everything will be fine it, it's very complicated in numerous ways but um yeah. Um, and kind of the final point of this exercise and movement is I've mentioned a couple of times is, is finding little wins, right? It is finding finding four things or five things that you can do every day or every week for, for a significant period of time. Something that becomes the new normal. Like at work, I never take the lift. So in a place where I work, there's, I regularly need to go up from the ground floor to the fifth floor. Probably needs to do that like 10 times a day go from the ground floor to the fifth floor so it's probably about 12 yeah probably about probably about 70 steps never take the lift ever i always take the stairs every single time and and that's just a little win whereas like pretty much every other staff member that i can think of even even the the people in my department which is supposed to be the physical and health education department they regularly take the lift right whereas i never do and it's a small sacrifice but it's something i do every day it's a normal thing so
0: yeah it's not i am i'm it's, the it's, same i, I just, never thought of that it's it's free exercise that's what i've always kind of subconsciously thought you know escalators left some i'm just never on them why would you yeah uh, yeah
1: could... i yeah i do it regularly at the metro with uh with my daughter now she's four so she can go and get they go on the escalator on her own so, so mm. i race her up the escalator i say i right, stand on this step and I'll yeah. see if I can run up the stairs and, and beat you. And I always like <laughs> try and stay at the same level as her. And sometimes she wins and sometimes I win. But yeah, like and, and no one no one ever takes the stairs at the underground. You, you knock Ethel over
0: on your yeah, way just, up. Just, you know, just, she's had a fall.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but so it's fine, it's fine in those little wins. I mentioned this previously when we did the um sustainable sustainable hobby and, uh, a while ago on the Paint All the Me's podcasts. Um we I, I walked to the hobby shop so if i want to go to the hobby shop i'll I'll walk so it's about finding those little things that you can do and fit into your normal day which are little wins i I don't have a pull-up bar anymore i did have a pull-up bar and every time i went to the bathroom i do five pull-ups you know that was just become so it's not about doing these this this it's not about just eating cabbage soup for three weeks it's about creating a new normal and something that fits in with your your lifestyle and it's the understanding that you need to do something you need to find something that you need to do you need to be probably need to be fitter you probably need to do more exercise anyway full stop and it's about finding things that you can do so if it's like you set an alarm and then you know you start painting you set an alarm for an hour and then your alarm goes off you do 10 push-ups and then you start painting again and it's like just do that you know, and, and build and build it up. You know, a great thing um, that I want to mention is that couch to five k. Have you heard of that?
0: Yeah, I. The message did that last year.
1: Yeah, and that's a good thing to do, and it's one thing that I forget sometimes. Not because I'm like Iron Man or anything like that, or Mr. Motivator. It's like we've all got we've all got our own levels of fitness. Um, so something that I do, that I say, oh, you should do that, it might not be enough for some people, or it might be too much for others um but you, you mentioned it i don't think you've I don't, you've mentioned it in the notes but i don't think you've mentioned it it's like it's just a 10 minute walk you know just just going out for a walk is is something that that's great it's classed as exercise you might need to get make it more of a brisk walk than a slow walk but then even if it is a slow walk it's it's still exercise of a type still, you know, so. still
0: in mo- what most people actually do so you, you're already mm-hmm. getting such an advantage again not that we're trying to compete with people it's just um most people don't do anything unfortunately mm-hmm. One of the, one of the yes I okay. I was just going to say you're talking about these small ones that you build in your life. One of the ones that I've done, and it's just become a complete habit now, and it probably looks really weird. It's just you know cupboards in the kitchen and that uh, the 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 lower cupboards instead of bending over for stuff, I squat for it, and uh, <laughs> it was just like a thing I started doing, you know I tried to get in it, and it became a habit very quickly, and now I just do that. Um, so, like I say, if I'm if I'm in like the shop or that with a basket and I'm squatting down, it must, it must look really like I'm going to take a shit. But um, it's just something that I do now, and it's it's um, it's, it's not a huge thing, but it's just one of the tiny wee. You know, I'm, I'm working some muscles at least. So
1: yeah, I I used to. I've literally never told this to anyone. I used to. Uh, you can get weights that you put on your ankles and your wrists. You ever seen them?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I used to wear them around the house so i got yeah, these uh, so, a
0: bit heavier yeah
1: yeah yeah so but, but you put them on the extremities of your body so if if you reach in for something in a high cupboard you know you've got to lift that five kilogram weight around your wrist up to the top cupboard so it's like and, and then you're picking something up it's like a five five kilogram bicep curl you know so if you're picking up your coffee off the table you know you're banging out a 5k dumbbell curl a bicep yeah, it's curl
0: like living on saturn really heavy
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but that's a little win man i mean yeah, you have to be careful with it because in terms of posture and things like that. But you know, even if you like sit on a couch and you you, you lift your legs up onto the onto the coffee table, there you go, man. You know, it's a you know it's a quad extension. You got there. <laughs> so yeah, that that's the overarching thing. It's 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 creating something that's a new normal. That that's the key, I think, with exercise and movement. And uh, I used to love walking to work, like walking to work. Make you make make you you know a walk to work or something like that, and and this just this week we got a, we got a set of bikes and just you know go biking more, just do stuff that do stuff that works for you and it fits in and it's something that you can do yourself on a regular basis. That that'd be the key for that.
0: So that was part one in our two part health in the hobby episode. Again, I know this is something a little different to talking about chaos dwarfs and Snotland pump wagons, but let's face it. Nobody wants to look or feel like the great unclean one, do they? Especially not that modern plastic version. On part two, we're giving our take on the heady topics of weight loss, diet and nutrition. Again, this is a long way from a how-to. It's uh, merely about the things that have worked pretty well for us over the past few years. So stay tuned for that, or unsubscribe and leave an angry one-star review. It's up to you, really. One final we thing to mention is, of course, the survey. As I've said already, taking a couple of minutes to complete this can really help the podcast, so please head over to bedroombattlefields.com slash survey if you haven't done so already. If you're listening many years in the future too, then, well, A, it's great news that we haven't annihilated ourselves yet, and B, I'll leave it open indefinitely so you can still pop over there and complete it. That's bedroombattlefields.com slash survey, and I'll see you on the next episode.